to the Share Your Stories podcast with me, Chet, and we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself in a bit, but I think this is going to be a very special interview for me because I would have never thought four years ago when I met this gentleman that I'd be sitting across here getting to interview him on my podcast. So without ado, let's start. Please introduce yourself. Thanks, Chetan, and uh, thanks so much for inviting me uh, to join today. It's uh, really good to uh, to be a part of this, having seen some of your career journey and uh, to see where you're heading now. So my name is James Walkton. Um, I'm Area Director of Operations for Marriott International, um, looking after and supporting a small part of the Marriott world um, in Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, Samoa and New Caledonia. So we are part of Merit International, which is a global giant, as many people listening and dialing into this will know, with close to 8,000 hotels globally. But we support and represent a very small part of that portfolio down here in this part of the world with 35 operating hotels and another 25 hotels signed and under construction or about to start construction in this small part of the world. So thanks for having me today. That's awesome. I think Merit is definitely one of the leading companies in hospitality and it's growing at a vast pace as well. So what is your current role at the moment and how are you supporting your people in the region? Yeah, but the, probably the easiest way for anybody who knows the industry to understand what I am part of and what we represent is think of how a hotel operates with a general manager and a leadership team and executive team. We are really the same thing, but elevated above property. So we don't have day-to-day responsibility for any one hotel. We have a, a leadership team and a general manager in all of those properties. And we are really that conduit between the bigger organization on a global and regional level and offering that support day-to-day and guidance um, to those 35 and soon-to-be 60 hotels in this part of the world. So my specific role, Chetan, really is to support the general managers and the operational leaders of the hotels. And that relationship can look different with every property. And even that journey of a property's life cycle, it can vary as time goes on. So it can be many things. It can be a strategic support and guidance. It can be a person that steps in and supports with talent mapping. Um, It can be new concepts or renovations of the hotels. And, And fundamentally, a crucial part of the role is making sure that our hotels are delivering the guest experience and ensuring that we're true to the brand promises. Awesome. That's quite a big role and quite a different role as well, I guess. Uh, well, it's, it's very varied and, and it's actually probably the first role I've ever had where even four and a half years into it, I, I sometimes struggle to articulate what it is because it really does dramatically differ depending on the property and the needs at the time. Even outside of the last 16 months of COVID and the impact that's had on the business, there's a, there's a big difference between the operating hotels and supporting all the entities that Marriott has and our partnerships with owners with that pipeline of hotels. That That's a whole different element to what we do and represent. 
but fundamentally, yeah, it's the, the, the biggest part of it is being fluid and at the risk of using the cliche of the last 16 months, being ready to pivot at any time because the, the requirements of what we do and how we support vary on a, on a considerably rotating basis. I have to admit, when I was working in Fiji as well, and when we were introduced, I actually didn't know what the director of operations for the region was because that was a new concept for us. I was with a different company, and when Marit took us over, uh, I had no idea. We'd never seen this position before. So it took me a while to understand as well. And I think after we communicated a few times, uh, that's when we started to figure out where you fit in with us yeah, and how we can well, reach out to you. Yeah. Well, I think if I reflect back to that time, chat, then I'm not sure I fully knew either. So uh, I, I think that's definitely a, a life lesson for me and for anybody listening today is that uh, it's, it's not always clearly defined. And as your career grows and evolves, I think it's even more important to have that capacity to be able to, I guess, pivot and move with what's required at the time. Um, I, I think when you're in perhaps a more junior role in your career, it, it's maybe more defined what a job scope looks like. But what I'm learning as I advance through the years and through roles is that um, as, as you continue to evolve and grow, I, I think things are less closely defined. Absolutely. Well said. All right. So now we come to the main part of this series. Always, It's about sharing your story. Uh, I think a lot of people always know you as James Walkton, Director of Operations or a General Manager for a hotel, but they don't know how you sort of, you've come across, you've come up to where you are today, even if it's the struggles or the things that didn't go the right way. I think that's something that's really important for people to know because uh, at your role, you're always inspiring people. And uh, I think a lot of people think that people have achieved a certain position just by simply doing what they do, right? But there's a lot behind the story as well. So in any way you want to share your story yeah. or whatever you want to pick on, can be personal, can be professional, whatever, it'll just be good to know a little bit about you. Sure, sure. Well, it, it's interesting, those last words you just said, Chetan, because really I am a big believer that in this industry, personal and professional have to be connected um, because it is clearly not an industry where it's a Monday to Friday job. Um, and I always would say nine to five, but I'm not sure many people that are doing nine to five anymore, but it has to be a part of your lifestyle. I, I will frequently say these words to people that if you're in this for the money or in this just for a job, then don't come into hospitality because really, as you know, having spent most of your career in, in this space as well, it's really got to be a lifestyle and a passion. Um, for, for me, I graduated from university in hotel and business management. So I probably knew in early stages that I believed this was the direction I would head as in this industry. Um, but the, the overarching piece for me is always to be open-minded or as open-minded as any of us can be and really just to take opportunities as they come. So if I rewind back to being 16 and 18 years old when I entered this industry back in the UK, which is my homeland, I, I had no 
idea that I would end up in Australia and as you know Chetan and uh, I'll share a little more in a moment that journey's taken me through seven years in Asia as well working in Hong Kong and then in China if I rewind back to the 16 year old me entering the industry I, I would never have foreseen that so my biggest motto is never say never um, if somebody had told me we'd be living in mainland China in a second tier city I, I wouldn't have foreseen that and probably would have said really and uh, and the the realist in me might have said that would never happen but I think it's always just been about keeping an open mind um, so so as I say that journey has taken me and I count myself very fortunate to have had the chance to work in multiple locations and, and that journey started alone as a single person and then when I met my wife um, about 13 years ago um, we have continued that journey together and now with our daughter who was born in Hong Kong and and I think the other part which connects to what I said at the beginning is about keeping an open mind, being on the same page and and having the thirst for an adventure because that's fundamentally what the journey for us has been. And, and that's not always an easy adventure, but it's one that you, you have to have a common goal and, and that's what you want to achieve from this. So they're probably the initial thoughts without getting too deep into all of the detail of that journey, but, but open-minded, prepared to take opportunities as best you can when they come. And sometimes those opportunities can be a little bit intimidating and scary. But um, I, I think one of the things I've learned over the years is when you're sitting comfortably in what you do, it's possibly time to consider taking yourself out of that comfort zone and, and exposing yourself to something new. And that doesn't mean to send the message that after 12 months in a job, you should be looking to move to the next role. But I, I try to, and I can't claim to be the most successful at it, but I, I try to take myself out of the hamster wheel that we all run in every day as often as I can and get back in that helicopter and look from above and say, okay, how do we reinvent this? How do we look differently? How do we really continue to push the boundaries or I think we can all become very robotic and and good at delivering without bringing new innovation and change and I think that's dangerous it's interesting the way the way you put it you're right I mean especially in terms of becoming robotic I think that's uh, when you're doing something for a long time it just comes naturally you sort of don't look outside the box you just sort of follow what you're doing uh, I've been there as well like I remember yeah. starting my career yeah. as well I didn't know I was just following what people were saying and just doing the same thing I never thought for myself and yeah that's awesome thank you for that yeah I, I think you've got to have a, a thirst for adventure I, I know that when we as a family went offshore my wife and I always had that desire to go and do something different and to keep even though we knew it didn't always make sense and uh, it, it was taking us out of our comfort zone which is not always easy I mean there, there were some very difficult times through that journey as well but I, I think what we knew is that we both had that goal that we wanted to be living life we wanted to be trying something different um, we were very fortunate to be living a, a beautiful part of the world in Sydney Australia so it wasn't as if we were escaping from something but it was always that thirst to, to go and experience more which probably is what took me offshore from the UK in the first place but I perhaps was too young and uh, naive to understand that was what was happening to me but I probably always had that desire to go and see something different even though I grew up in a very small place and we didn't have a, a childhood and upbringing at that time where you were doing all of that as society tended to do pre-COVID with jumping on planes every five minutes 
I uh, did my first flight um, when I was 18 years old, which is almost ridiculous when I think my 10-year-old daughter's probably been on more planes in her first 10 years than I did uh, for, for many, many years. So it wasn't as if I grew up with a taste for it. I think it was inherent in me, probably, as I say, unaware of that, but it was inherent to want to do something different. Um, but what I do believe is all of those adventures you go on, those risks you take, while sometimes things don't always work out to plan, there's always really great learning to come from it. Um, and, and I would say that the move we made from Hong Kong to Xi'an in China um, was probably the most challenging time that we've had as a family. Um, and as you know, Chetan, my wife, who's a journalist, actually has written a book about our adventure through China and our journey. So for anybody interested, uh, check out uh, China Blonde and you can see that through um, her website, uh, NicoleWebOnline.com. But that story, that insight to the journey we've had, I think for anybody who's listening today is, is really insightful that uh, it, it, it will articulate much better than I ever can of what that journey is and the rewards it can bring for you. Um, but fundamentally, there were some really challenging times entering what even today, but especially then seemed like an extremely different culture to the one we know. Um, and it is in all honesty, but what it did when we opened our hearts and minds to it is it really helped us grow as people and have some wonderful experiences that, that money just can't buy. Um, and not all of those experiences were good and positive, but uh, they fundamentally made up a I guess at the risk of using cliches, a rich tapestry of, of a journey that um, as we sit back here in uh, in Sydney, Australia again at the moment, um, a, a really different walk of life and one we may well do again one day. Absolutely. And I, I definitely do recommend the book as well to anyone who's listening, but I could relate so much because I spent almost six years in mainland China as well. Uh, you know, and yeah, it's... Yes, it looks very I remember us having several yeah. conversations in Fiji about your journey as well. Absolutely, it looks very different from the outside, but when you're inside, it's a whole different ballgame. But oh, an amazing place, to be honest. It, it opened my eyes up in a very different way. Yeah, awesome. Mm. So we're going to be ending this uh, series with a couple of tips that you can give. So one would be a personal tip to anybody who's trying to sort of... Uh, move forward or move on to the next level in their career or in anything and the second would be something which I personally would love to know because it's something that a lot of people like myself who have startups especially face which is how do you manage time what is the best way for time management because you are in the perfect role to sort of let a lot of people know how to manage time better because you you're a busy man with a lot of things happening and I'm sure you're pretty good at time management. Yeah. So, yeah. Please. Well, if, if I answer the first question um, to start with, I, I would say that it's really, as I mentioned already, about keeping an open mind. Never say never. Again, cliches, but really you, you can't control necessarily where your destiny is taking you. I, I, I think we have to believe that there's a, a broader picture at play. Um but fundamentally, I think also it's how you react to the circumstances you're in. And somebody said this to me not too long ago, which really resonated with me. And I'm sure it's some 
proverb from somebody uh, wise and influential that uh, said it in the first place, that we can't always control the circumstances we find ourselves in, but what we can control is how we react to those circumstances. And, and that's really stuck with me since I heard that. And for many people, that may not be surprising or rocket science but when you actually reflect on those words it's very true yeah life takes you on a journey and to some degree as humans we believe we can control all of that and probably the uh, the global pandemic is a classic example of where we suddenly realize we actually control very little in life that we can we can be in control of how we react that's all we can do so I, I would urge everybody to kind of ponder on that and think what that means for them because I certainly have so there's probably lots of other words of wisdom I could share with you, but uh, but fundamentally, I think the open-minded and think about how you react to circumstances would be the two key points I'd share. Time management, Chelan, wow. Um, I, I think if I had the magic answer to that, then I would probably be uh, certainly sitting back in a, in a beautiful mansion somewhere, uh, retired and, and living the life. But I, I think time management, there is no answer to it. I think it all comes down to prioritization and balance. I, I think to, to what I said earlier in, in this session, I, I think the balance between personal life and professional life is really important. And there are certainly times probably for everybody listening today where you feel that your professional life is taking over your personal life. That's why I would urge everybody that you've really in any industry probably got to have a profession that that actually is something you're passionate about and it reflects to your personal life. Because I think if you're sitting there counting hours and thinking, well, I shouldn't need to look at those emails this weekend, which probably you shouldn't, that if, if you're struggling with that balance, you're probably not doing the right job for you, is what I would say. So the, the more tangible part of what that looks like on a daily basis, I think you've got to be really disciplined. Um, I, I think that fundamentally I find that I could spend my whole day talking to people because that's really a lot of what my job is, especially at this time where we're a little more restricted geographically of where we can get to. Fortunately, in Australia, we're in a far more positive place than other parts of the world. But Reality is you you have to prioritize what makes a difference. Now, is that me sitting, churning through emails and responding to things people are asking me? Or is it one-on-one -on -one time with people that can really, hopefully through conversation, help them make the right decisions for them and for the business they're operating? I think that is fundamentally the number one. Having said that, because my role is different maybe to some people listening to this today where I'm there to support and give guidance to 35 hotels and I often think about it soon to be 60 hotels that that's really a big shift and I know that I have to rethink the way I do a lot of what I do today and what I did four years ago when we first met Chetan when we had 25 hotels that that's changing all the time so I think it's about balance. Email is important in my view because that communication, because of geography, if people are asking me for support and recommendation and guidance with a simple answer to a simple question, if I ignore that email because I don't see emails as a priority, then I'm probably letting that person down who's asking me for something fairly simple from my perspective, but complex from theirs, then if I can enable that, then I should respond. So to, to get back on track with your question, I think it's about working out and scheduling properly. I try to 
block time in my calendar for personal things as well as professional. Um, obviously, my role's a little different that I'm more transient and move around. And, and when I travel, I try to build in family time to that. Right. I, I think being organized and looking ahead is crucial. And, and I don't do it as well as I should, but I'm always trying to look a few weeks in advance and think, well, if I'm going to be in Melbourne at that time, maybe that conversation can wait until then when I'm in market. Or if I need to be traveling for three weeks back to back, how do I tie in maybe a family weekend in the middle of that where my wife and daughter will join me? So I, I think it's many things, but it's being disciplined with your time like our conversation today i could happily talk to you for multiple hours if, if there was an interest to do so but is it really going to deliver anything more than giving you 15 minutes of that time for that conversation so i think it's discipline i, I think sadly you probably do have to be quite administrative in your approach otherwise somebody's got to manage your time and i don't have an assistant that does that but nor do i need one really but a little bit of diary management calendar management to make sure you build in time to get things done and i would say that and this is where i don't claim to have great success it's also carving out that time to be a little more strategic we can all be super busy every day doing all the hundreds of things that are flying at us but if you don't have that priority list of projects and and key things you need to get to we we can all just see our days melt away and the weeks melt away and the easiest option is to say okay well this weekend i'll just need to work for two days or half a day to get back on top. I think you have to be realistic. There are times where, in my opinion, that is required. But if you're doing that every weekend and every evening, it's probably something's not quite right with the balance. And believe me, I have those times too when I sit there working all evening. But fundamentally, it's because I enjoy it and I'm passionate about it and very fortunate to have a, a wife and family that understand it, having been on that journey as well with me. Right. It's amazing some of the things you talk about and I look back at myself and I've always been in that same zone, I guess. Um, I've got much better time management, but I definitely know the things working on the weekends and facing these things. Uh, I've gone through it all and I've only learned bit by bit over time. I'm still working on it. There's a lot for me to improve as well, but yeah, it's um, definitely. So for whoever's listening. Yeah, you know, Chad, and I think. Yeah, I think a big part of it is also not getting too caught up with all of that and just actually letting it roll sometimes and not beating yourself up over it and getting frustrated. There are times where the intensity builds and you've just got to roll with it, particularly as you move through your career. But there's also times where you've not got to feel guilty to think, well, I'm actually going to disconnect from that from six hours or 24 hours or whatever you're dealing with. Or to say, okay, well, this week I'm not spending every single evening doing that. I'm going to agree and accept internally that I probably need to do two evenings, but I'm going to make these other times really count. And, and again, I don't claim to have this solved, but when I've been at a time where I've traveled a lot more than I am now, which I'm still traveling quite a bit, but not compared to early years due to COVID. It was also making sure that if that meant on a flight back from Asia, I worked for multiple hours on that plane, that it allowed me to then get back off that plane and be focused on my family as best I can, because you open a laptop again and suddenly those emails are replaced with another heap of them. But to actually make them maximize the time you have so that you can have that quality time with family and friends, because that's important too. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. James, uh, lots of good insights and hopefully whoever's listening to this podcast 
it's pretty inspired because you've given quite a few points and i'm pretty sure a lot of us are in the same position as i was probably 2 years ago or 3 years ago and yeah hopefully your insights help people with that journey but also thank well, you so I hope much so. yeah Yeah. Yeah, my my pleasure and and as I said before it's at the risk of wanting to do the hard sell I I think everything I'm trying to explain you'll pick up a lot of the excitement of what those challenges and adventures that life can uh, present through through my wife's book um, which again is China Blonde um have a look have have a read it's uh, it's it's an interesting insight to to the journey whether you're in hospitality or not there's some fun adventures to be had out there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining the share your story series James and we look forward to having you back sometime in the future with something else to impart on my pleasure thanks chetan thank you